Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, welcoming back John Ostensen, and John is a consultant, owner, investor, and author of the new book, Non-Food Franchising. John draws on his experience as a former Inc. 500 franchise president and multi-brand franchisee in serving his clients. We're going to talk to John about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, welcoming back John Stenson, and John is a consultant, owner, investor, and author of the new book, Non-Food Franchising. And John draws on his experience as a former Inc. 500 franchise president and multi-brand franchise in serving his clients. Hi, John. Welcome back to the show. Marty, great to be back. Appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to our conversation. Oh, me too, John. It's great to have you back as well. I want to first, you know, I think last time I had you on the show, you know, I think we were even talking about this, but, you know, your new book. So I want to congratulate you on the new book. It's called Non-Food Franchising. And I thought, you know, maybe that's probably a good place to start, John. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the experience. Yeah, thanks so much, Marty. And, um, you know, the book just released last week, and we've had a mm-hmm. great response already. And you know, as we've discussed in the past, you know, oftentimes when people think franchising, they think fast food. 
Yet, yeah. I would say over 95% of my clients are looking for something outside of food. And, and granted, I am grateful for those that do get into food. We certainly need them. But uh, but for many, that's just not the right fit. So, you know, in right. the book, Non-Food Franchising, as it describes, uh, we really get into the nuts and bolts stepping into business ownership. And you know, we talk about topics such as franchising versus startups. You know, franchising mm-hmm. is not right for everyone, as we've talked right. about in the past. But franchising versus startups, franchising versus this idea of entrepreneurship through acquisition, what are the pros and cons? Um, we talk about the owner-operator and the executive model and the semi-passive model of ownership. Uh, we talk about different types of opportunities in different industries, mm-hmm. and then we and then we get into the financials, both on the potential you know revenue and profit uh, side, but then also the funding and how do you go about the funding of the franchise? Right. And, you know, then very importantly, we talk about how do you select the right franchise? And you know, as you can imagine, and as you know, as an industry insider, mm-hmm. uh, every brand is going to put their best foot forward out there yes. on their website, but you really have to get behind the scenes and understand the franchisor and their background and their leadership team, and you know, right. what are those barriers to entry in which they operate you know, within their mm-hmm. industry and do they have true competitive advantages. And so you know, we get into all of that and you know, we we work with over 600 brands uh, you know, with Frambridge. Wow. We're affiliated with IFPG and so we right. get this great perspective and I'd say at any given time there's probably 40 or 50 that we feel are the best of the best, and and you know we can certainly get into the reasons why. But no, finally, you know we, we dig into long term strategies. You know, getting into franchising as business ownership. Are you looking to build a portfolio, or are you looking to expand? Uh, you know, within a given brand into multiple markets down the road. And so we talk about different paths that clients of ours have taken that we've seen prove to be successful. What was the process of writing the book for you, John? Because I've never written a book before, but I, I sense for you it was. I don't, I don't want to use the word easy because I don't think it's ever easy to write a book. But I mean. Here you have all this experience and all these different stories. What was that experience like for you in, in, in writing the book? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a uh, labor of love. I, I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, um, yeah. The, the world doesn't slow down for you. In fact, it only speeds up. You know, when you're taking yeah. on a big project. So, you know, it's still, you know, our business continues to grow on the consulting side. You know, in a very big way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a young family and all these other constraints. But you know, it yeah. involves waking up early on Saturday and Sunday morning and just. Right. Pulling together the content and punching it out. And you know, I did work with some really good uh, partners, you know, Ghostwriter, yeah. that kind of helped pull the content together, make it make sense, and a uh, great, you know, uh, publisher. So, um, you know, I had to, it didn't do it all myself, but the content was, was all for me. And no, it wasn't right. hard to generate the content. It was just right. pulling it right. together. There's so many right. steps to get it across the finish line. So, uh, sure. yeah, great experience, though. That's great. You were, you were talking earlier, John, you know, in, in, in giving kind of like some of the highlights in the book, and I know you talk about, um, you know, the, the franchise option. I thought maybe, you know, you can give us a few reasons why franchises are often a stronger option than, you know, some entrepreneurs consider startups or some entrepreneurs consider, you know, acquisitions, buying another business. Maybe you could talk about, you know, why franchising, yeah. man acquisition side, a lot of our clients come to us and say, hey, we want to buy an existing business that's known right. in the market that has a team in place and existing cash flow. And yeah, that sounds yeah. great on paper. And, you know, granted, there are sure. only so many businesses out there that really check all the boxes Correct. once you dig right. into the cover. Yeah, but but there's risk to that as well. You know, what if your sure. key key staff leave the day after? I mean, whenever you have a change in ownership, you're going to have some upheaval. What if you have, right. um, you know, key customers leave? I mean, stuff that you wouldn't know, you know, prior to signing on the on the dotted line uh, for the deal, and then all of a sudden you're you may be alone. You don't have that franchise or in the support. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's just fair for people to weigh both sides of it. Um, certainly, I'm biased. I do feel that the franchise is a better path to business ownership. You know, sure, especially compared to startups. 
Um, yeah. I actually put together a top 10 list uh, in the book on, you know, franchising versus startups. And, you know, we get into things like, you know, just you're really starting with that proven model. You know, you've got right. the support of the coach on the sidelines with that franchise. Or we talk about, you know, other franchisees in the system and how oftentimes best practices are generated. I mean, this is something I've seen throughout my career is, you know, yeah. gaining the wisdom from others and being able to contribute back. And, um, you know, it, we, we just hit on a number of different things, which I, I won't belabor the point because I know your audience sure. knows, this, knows this, all of these very well. And we talk about, you know, being able to go with eyes wide open with item yeah. 19 and the validation. Um, but, you know, this, this is a really interesting point that people oftentimes sort of look is, you know, starting with the end in mind and knowing that one day mm-hmm. you want to exit that business. You know, right. how do franchises trade versus startups in similar industries, you know, that are not franchised? And there was a study done by the Rinker School of Business recently where they mm-hmm. looked at 2,000 businesses over a decade that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, were like kind of industries, both franchised and non-franchised. They found that those that were franchised traded at a multiple one and a half times those that were not wow. franchised. And so I think that was really eye-opening for those that have been exposed to uh, to that study to show that, you know, potential resale uh, per- buyers right. see the value in having that partner on the sideline in the franchise order. I often wonder, John, too, you know, in, when an entrepreneur is considering buying an existing business through an acquisition, I'm always curious how many businesses out there have those systems and processes in place, you know, because that's that franchising, right, is, I mean, there's a strong system, there, there's, there's an operations manual to follow, and I'm always curious, you know, how many of the businesses out there actually have those operations manuals in place, you know, or are they just acquiring the business and now they have to figure it out for themselves? Exactly, exactly. And even within franchise, I mean, it, not, not every franchise is created equal. And, sure. and it really is key to go in, eyes yeah. wide open, ask the tough questions and understand what differentiates the winners from those that, you know, aren't going to, you know, exceed 100 units one day, let's say. Yeah, and I guess like, you probably, I'm sure you like, you know, the branding aspect of it too, John, you know, is that, you know, franchising, you know, not in all cases, I mean, there's always stronger brands, like you said, not all franchises mm-hmm. are created equal. I mean, some some have stronger brand names or brand recognition, but it's nice to start off with some type of brand recognition and even some, some history on the business as well. That's certainly an advantage, isn't it? It is, and I'd say in food, branding comes into play even more, so I think it's more important, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. I'd say in some of these industries out there, I mean, can you name an insulation company? You know, probably not. Right. I'd say good brand point. awareness yeah. isn't always as important, but yes. um, yeah. you know, it, it's still, obviously, if there is brand uh, recognition, that, you know, that helps, but oftentimes when you enter a new market, and you know, we're doing a lot of deals with emerging brands right now that are mm-hmm. still in the process of building that brand, but they check the boxes so well in all these other categories, you know, the, the franchise or in their back Around, you know, maybe with other franchise systems and, you know, that model. And, you know, I think it's quality insulation, using the insulation example. You know, they went from, you know, five locations three years ago, and Scott Morris built that to over 250 mm-hmm. territories today. Wow. I think they're the largest insulation company out there. So, you know, it's wow. catching, catching the wave of the – and, you know, they're sold out of most markets. You can't get into it in a lot of major right. things. But catching it early on before it becomes that next big thing. I know, you know, you've helped several dozen clients purchase franchises this year, John. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, who they are, you know, maybe a little bit about their backgrounds and even like what types of businesses they're buying. Yeah, no, I, I think that could be helpful. Just you know, off the top of my head, you know, we recently had dentists in Orange County, California, you know, buy the largest mm-hmm. fence and rail uh, franchise in the country, you know, hmm. no background at all in that business. 
Um, wow. We had a small business owner in Florida expand his portfolio recently with a non-medical drug testing business. You know, talking about being Amazon-resistant right. and COVID-resistant, that's always going to be needed. Um, we had a professor at the University of Arkansas that was looking for a side hustle, and she got into a fitness business that caters to wow. those 15 and above, you know, which is a growing demographic that cares more about their health than ever before. Right. Um, we've been working with a lot of medical professionals, a whole lot of doctors. Um, you know, they, we've recently done deals with doctors in all different types of industries, but, you know, just kind of expand the portfolio of what we're talking about here. You know, we had some recently in Philadelphia, not too, too far from me, oh, wow. buy into the oil change business, um, bought three locations up there. Um, you know, and sometimes you'll see complimentary purchases, you know, like we had a real estate right. broker here in Atlanta where I am recently that purchased a property management franchise that's very complimentary to um, what he's currently doing. But, you know, from a Wall Street attorney outside of Boston buying a gutter business to an engineer in right. Indianapolis buying a business coaching business, um, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of businesses. And I'd say in kind of these non-sexy, cash-flowing, mm-hmm. understandable segments, uh, right. people don't want trendy. They want right. those understandable businesses that are going to be built to last. What's it like when you're meeting with them, John, for, you know, some of these people for the first time? I mean, do they have any, like, preconceived notions? Um, I mean, what's, what's that experience like for you? I mean, are they just saying, I want to get into a franchise, but I don't know? It, it, it just seems, it seems more difficult today to buy a franchise just because there's so many more systems here in the United States than there was maybe 15, 20 years ago, you know? So, I, I mean, what's, what's the experience like when you first meet with them? overwhelming, especially if they've done some yeah. research. But, um, you know, when they come to me, they really look at to us as the expert and say, hey, guide us. We are open-minded. I'd say probably three-quarters of our clients say, hey, we have no idea what we want to get into. Right. But we know that, you know, you've got a track record of getting people into successful businesses. Right. Um, we do have some that will say, hey, I really want to stay in the health and wellness space. That's my background. Or, hey, I really like the services space. Don't want to get into brick and mortar. Maybe property right. services would be a big right. So, we can start drilling down and peeling back the onion, but I encourage people to stay open-minded. And now I, yeah. I, I see probably 80 to 90% of our clients end up in a field that they never thought they would be in. Wow. Now, I think about, you know, we have a couple of female clients that are running concrete paving businesses. You know, wow. parking lot maintenance. You know, never was That's that on the radar. Right. But they stayed open-minded. They love the culture, you know, behind the franchisor's leadership team. They love the profit model. And yeah. the recurring revenue nature, you know, things that I love seeing. This is what makes our job so fulfilling is when they uh, right. you know, end up in something they never thought they would, they fall in love with it, and then when they come back and buy additional locations. I'd say you know, probably 70 to 80% of our clients within the first 12 months will come back and buy additional locations. And, and for me, that's where I get the validation, just seeing their successes. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to kind of piggyback on, John, because I'm always curious, you know, is is their motivation in the beginning, is it just that one single unit, or are they looking at, you know, are, are they looking at the big picture? Mm-hmm. I'd say probably a third of my clients will start with one location. Um, you know, probably a third will buy three locations. That's kind of right. a magic number. And, you know, in a case like that, you would start your marketing, typically in a few zip codes, let's say it's in the services business, and then kind of expand over time and, you know, have that development plan where they get into territory number two and number three, maybe right. six months, 12 months down the road. Um, right. And then a third of our clients will buy more than three. Uh, we've done a couple of deals this year that have been seven territories or ten territories, and mm-hmm. you know, that's aggressive. We've got another one closing next week that's seven territories down in Florida, and 
Um, wow. In this case, it's two, two, um, actually two doctors uh, that are coming together and, and buying a business in the property services space. Again, that boring style yeah. business um, right. is what they want. They want nothing to do with health and wellness. They right. understand that we want yeah. to diversify. But, um, right. So, no, I, I'd say many have that approach. You know, but then I think like my client Nathan in South Carolina will do a deal together every year. He's the um, largest franchisee of two-minute truck moving service. And, oh, yeah. You know, he's built a small organization. He operates out of 10 different locations in Southeast and just a great guy, 40 years old, young guy. Um, wow. he, he'll find a young guy in his church or in his community that you know, he'll bring into his business. They prove himself. And he says, hey, go make us proud. We're going to put you in charge of another business. And so every year we'll do a deal together. Uh, you know, we've done some in the trash space. We've done some in the property services space. And in each case, he comes back and buys additional locations. So, wow. um, so he's expanding within a given brand. But he's also expanding the number of brands and building that portfolio. And you know, quite a few of my clients own existing businesses, maybe non-franchised, and they come in mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm, you know, for the next thing, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I'd like to add right. a franchise business right. to the portfolio. So um, we did definitely see different approaches. Everyone's got different psychology. But um, most of the people we work with are looking for that long-term growth, whether it be through one or multiple brands. You find, John, that most of your clients, are they, are they involved in the day-to-day operations or are they playing more of that role of the, 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 the manager and leader of, of, of that franchise? Mm-hmm. I'd say in the past, probably sixty percent were looking to, uh, to you know leave the corporate job, leave their current mm-hmm. uh, role, and and run the business full time. I'd say that has shifted now, and probably sixty percent of our clients are looking to um, to be that semi absentee owner. Um, right. Some will start out semi absentee, you know, get it going on the side, put a manager in place day one, um, and then eventually you know leave their their day job and join the business. Others will start out running the business day one, and then over time look to put a manager in place, and then they can move on to their next thing. So, you know, different strategies around that. Everyone's situation is certainly different, and what their financial position is, and whether their spouse is working. Let's say, um, yes, we. There's definitely flexible options with most of the brands we work with, and something that we added in this past year, Marty, that I saw the need was um, the biggest concern of clients of ours was. You know, if they were going semi-absentee, oftentimes they didn't know who would run that business. You know, they've right. got to put a lot of trust in that manager running the day-to-day operations. And, you know, and so we actually brought a recruiter partner in uh, that we, we've got an affiliation with now that works nationally that can help our clients find that, uh, that general manager. So that was a huge win uh, to kind of help them in a unique way. Um, and something that I remind people that with franchising, the nice thing is the burden doesn't fully rest on you to manage the manager. Right. Now, ultimately, right. the buck stops with you, end of the day. Sure. But, but the franchisor is kind of your partner, and that manager can go to the franchisor and their support team for any technical issues. They're going to help keep them marching in the right direction. So it really is kind of a tag team approach to managing the manager. There, are there industries, John, and you don't have to answer this question, but are there industries that you're kind of like partial to or that you particularly like, you know, when, when, when um, you know, researching all these different franchises that you've worked with in the past? Yeah, you know, I, I've certainly expanded my horizons. We work in everything from automotive to property services to yeah. pets, kids, aging population. You know, things that people are willing to spend money sure. on regardless of the recession, uh, you know, in the markets. But I'm definitely partial to the property services. You know, that's where yeah. I put my own money. Mm-hmm. You know, I property services from that angle, but then also as a franchisee, you know, I've invested in different franchise brands uh, on the franchisee side myself. So, you know, just allows me to speak with that experience with clients. And I, and I think there's a lot of great options out there. People again, want those non-sexy businesses. So fortunately we've got a great portfolio of 
types of businesses that fall within that that people are getting into. That's great. And I know recently, John, um, you did these, uh, it was like a video series for um, the Global Entrepreneurs Organization on really, I guess, all things franchising. What were, if you could talk about this, like some of the highlights that, you know, can, can, can help our listeners? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd say we cover a lot of the same things that we cover in the book, you know, and so I okay. won't repeat those, but sure. something that's a little different, we also talk about from the franchisor standpoint, you know, with the entrepreneur's organization, you do have a lot of companies that have, you know, they're all doing north of a million to be in the organization, you know, we, we've got mm-hmm. a business in there ourselves, um, you yeah, know, but oftentimes we're looking to scale, what is that right path forward, and uh, franchising is certainly not right for everyone, but I love seeing yeah. more and more industries kind of open up to franchising. And, um, yeah. you know, and so we get into the pros and cons of franchising your business. You know, how do you maintain control? You know, how do you, you know, the benefits of using other people's money and you know, the scale of the business where they've got skin in the game. You know, it checks a lot of boxes. We also talk again about the exit strategy. I mean, private equity right. is all yeah. about franchising. And right. I'm just seeing more activity on the acquisition side of franchise or level than ever before. So we, we hit on that as well. So I'd say that's kind of the differentiation between the, between that and the book. Um, you know, it, with that, but no, we've had a great response to that video series. And yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. Yeah, no, it, and, and it's great to talk about that exit strategy, John, isn't it? You know, it's, I, I think I mentioned to you the last time I interviewed you, you know, I, I got into a business a long time ago. And, you know, in, in the beginning, everything was great. You know, we're talking about everything we're going to do. But when it, the business kind of came to an end, we didn't have an exit strategy. And we're like, now what? <laughs> you know, what do we do? And it just, it became, you can only imagine, it was, it was, a, it was a very big mess, you know, and, and franchising does that is, you know, it, it allows you to ask those important questions. You say, you know, what's what's the end goal, you know, for, for, for what we're looking to do, you know, so so there's certainly, you know, all those advantages to, to, to franchising. Maybe you could provide some closing thoughts, John, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what's next for you, you know, um, you know, as far as, it seems to me you... You you love doing what you do, and and I sense that the it's the joy you get from this job as well. You know, it must be very gratifying. You know, I, I, I mean, I've had several instances on my show where someone said, you know, I listened to your your podcast, and and, and I, uh, today I'm a franchise owner. You know, I was like, oh my god, you know, just from listening to the podcast. You know, it, it must be an yeah. amazing feeling for you when that happens, isn't it? It really is, and just you know, again, seeing the successes down the way of people coming back by additional locations, referring their brother-in-law, you know, just that relationship, and it changes people's lives. I mean, it really does. Right. And granted, I, I want to be candid: not every situation works out. But again, sure. I'd say the right. vast, vast, vast majority of our clients. You know, I, I, yeah, we did have one where it didn't work out, and you know, maybe we get into that in our next episode. But yeah. for everyone else, they're still in business, doing well. Um, and I love seeing the successes. So, you know, as far as what's next for me, I am in a season of saying no right now. I'm already trying my sure. hardest to. Say no to shiny objects if there are shiny objects out there. Right. I'm you know, excited right. to have the book out the door now, but um, no, staying focused on, on helping others get into business ownership. We've been busier than we've ever been. It was, I think we're up 50% right. this year over last year, and wow. last year was a record year. So uh, definitely, it, it gives me a lot of encouragement for our country, too. You, know, you see negative news, yeah. you see the politics. On the ground, entrepreneurship is alive and well. and We've had, never had so many people reaching out. So uh, staying the course there and hoping to help many more as we head into 2023. That's terrific. How do our but, listeners, but John, how, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, how do our listeners get hold of the book, uh, John? I mean, do they go on Amazon? Can they go to a website? I mean, and all your additional services that you provide, I mean, how do they get hold of you? 
Yeah, come out to FranBridgeConsulting.com and okay. fill out our you know, just a, uh, you know, contact information form. We'll make sure you get a copy of the book you know, in a digital format, whether it be audio or uh, okay. PDF. Um, oh, we'll great. also you know, reach out. I'll have, have my assistant ask you know, if you'd like to have some time on our calendar uh, to sync up. So uh, that would be option one. Obviously, you can go to Amazon as well. We've got the print, the Kindle, the, um, uh, the, the Audible version will be out there in the next two weeks once the Amazon oh, releases great. it. So uh, all profits go to charity. They all go to oh, international great organizations supporting entrepreneurs around the world. So, um, yeah, know, know the proceeds are going to a good cause. But, yeah, we'd love to engage. We'd love to provide a copy of the book, either free or through Amazon. And, uh, yeah, look forward to helping that's terrific. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you again, John. I'd already like to invite you back over the next year or two, you know, because because you're, you're always growing in the industry and always doing all these different things. So I would definitely love to have you back in the future. And I'd like to also wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, my friend. Appreciate you having me on. This has been my pleasure, John. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, Reach podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. Well, one of the shows I strongly recommend listening to if you're an aspiring entrepreneur is Stop Riding the Pine. And the show is hosted by Jamie J. And Jamie is an amazing interviewer. He speaks with entrepreneurs on a variety of topics. And I had the pleasure of appearing on Stop Riding the Pine. And one of the topics that Jamie and I was were focusing on were key elements to successful franchising. So this particular clip of Great Quote in Franchising, we're going to call this, There's No Creativity in Franchising, and we're going to explain why. What do I want this franchise to do for me? You know, um, why are you considering getting into franchising? Because, you know, a lot of times people that get into franchising, Jamie, I think probably should not get into franchising. They'll go into it for the wrong reason. Well, they'll see the success of one franchise and they'll say, God, I wish I owned one of these. But right. that doesn't mean that they should necessarily buy into a Dunkin' Donuts franchise. And sometimes they go into the wrong franchise opportunity. So they might be suited for a franchise but they're getting into the wrong franchise, you know. Um, so I, I think you really have to be um, you really have to be open, you mm -hmm. know, to um, uh, to all the different categories that are out there. Um, again, going deep within yourself and asking yourself, what do I want this franchise to do for me? If you don't want to work on weekends, you know, then um, you know, don't 
don't get into, you know, uh, one of these like children franchises where they're real busy on Saturdays or Sundays, you know, so you have to say, you know, what do I want it to do for me? You know, and you ask yourself those deep, um, those deep rooted questions. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's huge. It's, it's very important for people to not jump into something. Absolutely. Because it's expensive too, Jamie. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're signing a 10-year contract, you know, which mm-hmm. is um, uh, 10 years of your life. You know, you know, it's it's a long time, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's oh my gosh, like, I, I won't compare it to the, the sanctity of marriage, you know, but right. <laughs> sometimes it, it 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 goes further than that, you know. I mean, having that that 10-year commitment, you know, so it is a very big commitment um, financially. It's a big commitment. Um, I think you have to have the support from your family, you know, whether it's 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 your wife and your children, because the first year. Typically, from what I've learned in doing this show such a long time now, is um, it, it takes a long time to, to, to get it off the ground. Even if it is a Subway franchise or you know a very recognizable brand name, you're still going to be putting a lot of work into it. You know, so right. you might be missing that time from your family. And, and you know, um, sometimes people get into franchising for the wrong reasons as well. Maybe they'll have a bad day at work, you know, and they say, "Oh, I hate my boss." You know, I'm out of here. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. You know, and you know, I, I, again. Franchising may not be the best alternative for that type of person. You know, there's so many different types of of levels of of entrepreneurship. You know, franchising is just one. I mean, you could just initially start your own business where you get to be the creator. You know, there's no, I hate to say this, but there's no creativity in franchising sometimes. You know, I mean, you have to follow somebody else's creation. And that's okay for some people, you know, for me, it, it wouldn't be, you know, be, and, and I'm assuming in, in getting to know you over time, you know, you might have trouble with that as well. Cause again, you like to create, you know, I, 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 would, I couldn't get outside of the outside of the structure, but I understand why that would be a good thing because exactly okay, they've been there. They've done that. You won't make the same mistakes that, that the original franchisor made because they found the solutions along the way, and that's part of the attraction. For exactly, exactly. I just I published. Um, it sounds like I'm bragging, Jimmy, but I just got one of uh, a, a paper published in. Uh, you deserve it. A <laughs> if you'd like to hear that whole interview with Jamie J of Stop Riding the Pine, all you have to do is go to stopridingthepine.com, and you can hear the whole podcast. And lastly, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big success. It's hard to imagine that we've been doing it now 10 years ago. It was one of the things I was talking about with Jamie on the show is the longevity of the show is, you know, what started out to be a a one-month project turned out to be 10 years. So I just want to thank everyone for um, listening to the podcast and, and, and making it such a success. So thanks, everyone. We'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.